When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, music reporters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Jordan Della Valley. You can find Jordan on Twitter at Valley 7 And you can find me on Twitter as well, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. We got the comment section bumping already. Excited to be with you this evening. It is Wednesday. Uh, we're a day later today. Last night, we tried to record at a couple... Um, difficulties and uh i'm working way early in the morning so we had to switch around our schedule and uh we just had to punt for a day but no big deal this is the type of episode that can wait an extra day if necessary so not a problem there we are getting into our week 11 game recaps and what to look forward to in week 12 per usual jordan interesting week last week um your eagles are looking really good as of late niners are beating up on the Rams and the Jags. So I'm not really sure which team to to focus on here. But either way, we're looking good so far. We have three games, of course, this upcoming week, tomorrow on Thanksgiving, and we have two more teams still on a bye. Almost through the bye weeks, we're in like kind of that front-running uh, fantasy football playoff season. Right now, trade deadlines are either happening this week or coming up next week, or they've already surpassed if you didn't move them up. Uh, per usual so a lot happening right now in fantasy football how are you feeling with your teams man how's the overall vibe around your fantasy season you in a good place are you trying to make some last minute moves you sitting on top how we doing yeah doing pretty well i uh was actually just putting all of them you know across all the platforms that we play fantasy on trying to put them all into one spot to see how i'm doing and of the, I think it was, you know, 13 leagues that I was tracking of in the playoffs in all except four. So not too bad in terms of a percentage there. I mean, obviously with three to, you know, two to three weeks left in the season, depending on the, the format, um, you know, could fall out, could make my way in. So we'll just say nine for now. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good in terms of the Eagles. Uh, I was looking up Super Bowl tickets after that week one win against Atlanta. I quickly put those uh, dreams to bed after those next couple of weeks, but they're starting to come back a little bit. I'm feeling good. I've started saving up in case things get going, uh, you know, stay going in this right direction. And maybe uh, we'll look to be buying a Super Bowl ticket in the next couple of weeks if Jalen Hurts looks as good as he is. Yeah, so if any inclination of the rest of the season and playoffs are over the last couple of weeks, obviously – Philly and San Francisco are going to meet in the <laughs> NFC championship game. That's That seems to be a foregone conclusion. My question to you, and I'll answer after you do, of the dominant uh, for sure playoff teams in the AFC, which team do you most want to face if you're a Philly fan in the Super Bowl? Most want to face. Uh, uh, like I, As an Eagles fan, I would want to see them in the in the Super Bowl. Which which AFC team would you want to go up against though? Right, right, right. Magic not was. not who do yeah. I think will will make it? Correct. Um, I mean, do the Patriots count? Sure. Like Patriots uh, in first place right now, bro. In in their in their <laughs> in their division, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I don't expect that they'll end the season there, but uh, Buffalo's been faltering. If New England were to make the playoffs, and I could pick a team to go up against, I mean, you're telling me I know Belichick's obviously a great coach. Um, and their defense is is pretty staunch uh, so far this year. But going up against a rookie quarterback in a in a Super Bowl is something you can't really beat. Uh, so I, I think I'd I'd roll with the Patriots. How about I you? I like that. I like that. I'm trying to think out loud here. Obviously, right now it would be Tennessee because they're mightily struggling. Derrick Henry's out, but assuming he's healthy and whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to be a tougher team. Um, I'll take pretty much whoever comes out of the AFC North. And I didn't think I would say that maybe a rematch 
with the Ravens. Um, if we can bottle up Lamar, I think we'd be fine there. Or if the Browns make a push, uh, Jack Conklin and Cream Hunt are off IR at this point, so they're eligible to come back. Uh, they could make a run, maybe. Um, so one of those AFC North teams, I think. I mean, if, I guess if the Bungles make a serious attempt or uh, the Steelers become real again, you know, that could happen. But, um, you know, that's that's something I would I would probably the AFC North, I think, would be a best match for the 49ers. All right. Of course, folks, we are uh, tongue in cheek for the most part, but uh, we're in the playoff hunt, as they say. Uh, so that's that's fun to, to think about, at least until the dreams are officially squashed. So once again, Jordan Della Valley and Sky Guasco with you this evening, breaking down the week 11 game recaps. We're going to start with Monday night football. That was the Giants and the Buccaneers. Giants came out and gave up a touchdown immediately. And then we're kind of uh, competitive, but the Bucs end up running them at the end of the game. And it wasn't close. 30 to 10, the Buccaneers run away with it at the ending. And uh, really the highlight of this game on a, on a, you know, just kind of a, a personal note was Mike Evans uh, catching uh, a touchdown from Brady, becoming the all-time leader in touchdowns for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, passing up my man, Mike Allstott. So it was good to get him a shout out there. Uh, but just, man, you know, Brady, you knew you couldn't keep him down too long. They lost two uh, games plus a bye week, and he's just been stewing for three weeks. And uh, wasn't even that dominant against the Giants. The Giants just didn't play very well on top of that. So they make it happen. Saquon Barkley does play, but he had, you know, 30 yards rushing, 30 yards receiving um, on six receptions. I mean, just no efficiency there, unfortunately. And uh, Buccaneers back to business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and no efficiency from Barkley, but I mean, that's what we've come to expect with running backs against this Tampa Bay defense, right? Where, uh, I mean, he only gets six carries. Like that's probably not the workload that Saquon Barkley is going to have moving forward. He has uh, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles uh, twice the rest of this season. Um, so has a decent schedule moving forward. And the good thing, I mean, in terms of if you're in a half PPR or full PPR, uh, Saquon was fully involved in this pass offense. Um, obviously, Tony had the most targets, but uh, when you get six targets, six receptions from your running back in any half or full point PPR, when you're facing anyone that's not the Tampa Bay run defense, you should be pretty solid in terms of your fantasy output. Um, you know, you throw on top of that the fact that the Giants will hopefully not be, well, if you're a Giants fan hopefully not be uh, down this early. Um, I mean, Saquon is always going to be involved in this offense. And so I think, you know, obviously moving forward, it's not someone that I'm concerned about if I have Barkley and, you know, if uh, someone's looking to trade him before this deadline, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to take him on my team. I like that. Don't love the schedule moving forward. Don't love the offense, but Saquon, Saquon, and people need running back. So I agree if, if there's a buy low opportunity, maybe take advantage there. All right, Bucks big over the Giants. Levy, big Bucks fan. Bobby, big Giants fan. This round goes to Levy and the Bucks. All right, let's dial it all the way back to Thursday night football. You and I don't usually do Thursday night recaps because Bob usually handles those quickly before he gets into player trends episodes. But as I've mentioned multiple times on the on the podcast this week, uh, I, I – I, we as a program did not have the back end programs. We didn't have the game previews. We didn't have player trends last week. We were focusing on second half winners and losers, trade targets, fantasy football schedule um, notifications and looking ahead there. And we kind of just had an abridged week. Um, I was in route. We were gearing up for Thanksgiving, whatever. So uh, we didn't have that last week. So Bob didn't get it done. So let's knock it out real quick. Patriots, Falcons, um, man. Falcons look terrible, and the Patriots, as you mentioned earlier, look really good. Um, they started slow. Mac Jones, rookie, new team. Last year they had the Brady hangover, yada, yada. Uh, look, man, they are in first place in the AFC West – or AFC East, excuse me. And I think everybody, me included, assumed the Bills would run away with the division. Well, they have not. And as of right now, the Patriots are that you know top seed in that division there. Um which is massive. And the Falcons, you know, Calvin Ridley's out. Patterson's been out. Mike Davis is inefficient. And Matt Ryan just looks toast, unfortunately. No defense. They've been really struggling. Mac Jones, just 200 yards and a touchdown, but enough to get it done. Doesn't turn the ball over. Ryan does throw two picks. And that defense for the Patriots looks 
midseason form and looking ready for a playoff push, to be honest. And uh, we've seen for years, even when Brady was super young before he was Tom Brady, those defenses carried a lot of those runs in the playoffs. And of course, Tom Brady was a huge part of those, but the playoffs uh, are when defensive teams shine and the Patriots are looking like that squad right now. Yeah, absolutely. They are. The defense is getting better every week. They play a a depleted Tennessee offense next week. Um, So again, Tennessee um, looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't have Derek Henry. I mean, I think AJ Brown's technically questionable. Julio's on IR. I mean, it's just like a, a who's left. I mean, honestly, Sky, I think, I know you got the early the early work schedule now, but Titans <laughs> might be calling you next on on Sunday. They're running out of just I'm, everyone. I'm yeah, I'm ready. I'm, ready to go. <laughs> I'm absolutely ready to go. <laughs> um, but I mean, the other thing too with the Patriots, that from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I think from an NFL perspective, they're they're on a roll right now. From a fantasy perspective, one of the most frustrating things is with the emergency emergence of uh, Ramondre Stevenson is now we're back to the days of, we have no idea who to start if we can mm-hmm. out of this Patriots backfield. Um, I've had fancy teams where I have both and didn't start either on Thursday because I just didn't know who, you know, would, if, you know, they're both healthy, who's going to be the guy to score, you, you know, who's going to be the guy that gets the most touches. They were pretty much 50, 50 in this game. Um, and as long as they're both healthy, I don't know if I'm ever really fully confident, except in a, in a great matchup, uh, to play either of them. But that said, they have, you know, we talked about the strength of schedule rest of season for, uh, running backs and wide receivers and the Patriots are, have the hardest remaining mm-hmm. schedule from a running back perspective. So you pair that with the fact that you're now splitting almost a 50, 50 timeshare with Harris and, uh, Stevenson, I'm not really excited about almost any option, maybe outside of Hunter Henry, just because of how thin the tight end is um, with any Patriots offensive options, even Mac Jones in a one quarterback league. Yeah, likewise. And I had mentioned Damian Harris is one of my fades right in the second half because of Ramondre Stevenson, as you mentioned, but also as you too mentioned the schedule, the Patriots opponents heading into the back half of the season and through the playoffs as a collective are giving up only 14 PPR fantasy points to running back position and that's just obviously not going to get it done uh to a team that doesn't use ppr right like they don't they don't pass to their backs like they used to with james white back in the day so that one could be a struggle okay that's thursday night football let's move into the sunday slate here and we'll crush out these morning games here all right my niners get a big win over the jags i know it's the jags but as a niners fan i was straight up expecting them to come over with one of those super high wins over the rams divisional opponent a lot of emotion, and then lay an egg against the Jags, which is just too common in the NFL. And they didn't. Uh, shouts out to Shanahan and the squad, like coming out, handling business. They were up 17 nothing. Um, I was driving back from California, listening to it on the radio with my pops. And they, you know, it was Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk. And then rushing from Debo Samuel, a rushing touchdown was dominant there. James Robinson did have a touchdown. No Elijah Mitchell. So Jeff Wilson Jr., 19 targets, but just 50 yards. That was a tough one. But Brandon Ayuk, man, seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. My Niners get the win, as they should, over the Jags, 30-10. to 10. I will say the one thing about that Jeff Wilson line is, uh, if you were listening on the radio, I don't know how close it sounded on the radio, but that first drive that 49ers ended up settling for a field goal, there was a play where, I think it was play-action play, Wilson was, I don't think there was anyone within 20 yards of him, and Jimmy just just missed him. He was in the end zone, easiest touch. I could yeah. have made the touchdown catch. Wide Jeff open. absolutely would have made it, and Jimmy just missed him. So, uh, you know, a little Trey bit disappointing Lance there. <laughs> Jerry Lance would have run it in. Uh, yeah, but so a, a little tidbit there in, in that Wilson's day didn't look as bad as, as you know, the fancy output. He could have had that, that touchdown there. Um, the really interesting thing, though, is Debo does score again, but only two targets. He's starting to be yeah. – you know, he was used in, in the rushing game. And I think, um, you know, the, a couple of weeks back, it was just a, a game plan in terms of the defense they were facing. It, it was raining that day as well. And so just trying to find a way to get him the ball this week, it felt almost more like we don't trust Jeff Wilson completely in the backfield. I mean, Debo got eight carries um, out of the backfield. So that's, it's interesting to see how that changes with, uh, you know, when Mitchell comes back, uh, hasty uh, Wilson, if that running back room can ever stay fully healthy, 
I wouldn't expect Debo to still continue to get eight carries out of the backfield, but if he's only getting two targets, the question is, are, are those targets getting depleted because he's being used out of the backfield? Um, or is, is, you know, Brandon, Ayuk had a 30% target share this week with a full, full Kittle, full Debo. Um, is it almost, you know, Ayuk's time now in the season where he's going to start to emerge and, uh, you know, kind of cut into what we've known as Debo to be what the wide receiver two on the year. Yep. Yep. And, you know, Cynthia Freeland brought him up on episode 500. I've brought him up a couple of weeks prior to that. We've been selling to sell high on Debo for a month. And to Debo's credit, he's been dominant for the last month. So if you didn't sell him, you're stoked because he's doing well. Yeah. If you did, uh, you know, acquire him, you've also been stoked. So, you know, it's, it's a win-win either way. But um, I do think that Debo's going to start dialing back a little bit. Um, and the 49ers want to run and run often. And if Debo can be a switch hitter, you know, mm-hmm. in the backfield as well, um, kind of Cordero Patterson-esque, uh, absolutely Shanahan's going to use them that way, right? So we see it with Robert Woods a lot with the Rams, same offense. Um, when you have that weapon there, I think that's a great option. Okay, let's move on here to the Bills and the Colts. The Colts, massive victory here over the Bills. This one kind of shook the NFL a little bit. And I think, you know, we, we've been seeing the Colts. They started very slow. Um and we saw them kind of bubbling, right? They get a good win here. They beat a bad team there. They they run off a couple in a row. Carson Wentz is playing really well. He's healthy finally after two sprained ankles to start the year. Jonathan Taylor's starting to warm up. Michael Pittman's starting to emerge. And then you blink, and all of a sudden, the Colts are, I would argue, like probably the hottest team in the AFC right now on, on a consistent basis, obviously with that running back um, you know, dominance with, with uh, Jonathan Taylor. The Bills came into the week number one against letting up the least amount of rushing yards on an NFL term in the NFL. They left uh, that game um, in 14th place. So Jonathan Taylor put up 204 and five touchdowns. If you had him in fantasy, you dominated. If you had him in DFS, you won money. Jonathan Taylor, absolutely the hottest player in fantasy football in the NFL right now. Josh Allen, 209, two touchdowns. And two picks. Stephon Diggs does have two scores as well. And Dawson Knox comes back, six catches, 80 yards. That's a massive game from a tight end without a touchdown. If he were to score a touchdown, we're talking 20-plus fantasy points. Dawson Knox is back. And I've got him in my top six, man, the rest of the season. And I don't even know if I would start, like, a Dallas Goddard, um, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts automatically over a Dawson Knox. I think it's Kelsey Kittle, Waller and Andrews. And then I'm definitely considering Dawson Knox every week uh, in that kind of five spot. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. I mean, the tough part about the bills offense and especially the passing offense is there's so many good options for Josh Allen that it could be Knox. It could be Diggs, It could be Sanders. It could be Beasley that gets, you know, the touch. I mean, two weeks ago it was Brita finding the end zone. Um, and so when you have a, in my opinion, when you have an efficient offense like this and you're talking about the tight end position, that's where I kind of favor Goddard because I know that it, it's basically him and Smith in Philadelphia, right? So um, I have a better shot of Goddard being the red zone target um, or you know more involved in terms of a target share um, in that Philadelphia offense. They also have a, a great schedule rest of season. Um, but in terms of a week-to-week basis, Knox is probably going to be one of your better tight end options for sure, and especially uh, depending on the matchup uh, that he or your other options at, at tight end may have. Um, so hopefully he held him through the injury or at least acquired him uh, towards the tail end. And a little bit of a, a personal anecdote from this one. Sky, I faced a, a Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler stack this last Whoa, week. Whoa, nice. Yeah. yeah, that one was fun. That's nine touchdowns coming your way. That was. Yep, nine total touchdowns from two players. Uh, I think I, I mean, I had no shot after the Jonathan Taylor game, but the Eckler was the definite nail in the coffin of that matchup. So I, <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to recapping this one, which is why I stuck with Knox instead of anyone on the Colts. Oh man, last year on Christmas Day, I believe it was. Yep. Was it, it was Christmas Day? Yep. Alvin Kamara scores his six touchdowns. Yep. Um, I went up against him uh Christmas Day. 
and was just like, oh, well, there's the week. And came back around, ended up winning the week uh, <laughs> over the top there. So, um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And uh, for everybody that had JT, a lot of, you know, JT and Eckler went against each other a lot as well, which is which is fun yeah. too. So we have these blow-up games, man. It's, it's great to see it from the guys you not expect five touchdowns from. But when it's the key players like Kamara, JT, Eckler, you're kind of like, okay, like they are already elite. They have a great floor, but the ceiling is, you know, just what Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are to wide receivers. I mean, it's just so far and beyond everybody else. That's awesome, man. Okay, let's move on to the Dolphins and the Jets here. Dolphins squeak it out against the Jets 24-17. Look, man, I, I've been saying it about the Lions all season long. And first of all, I'm going to go on record right now. It's uh, Wednesday evening. Nobody wants to watch the Lions and Bears game. So just, you know, do your cooking or whatever you're going to do tomorrow. Spend some time with your family before everyone gets, you know, angry. Um, skip the Lions game. But don't be surprised if Detroit pulls out the dub. I'm throwing that out there right now. I think the Lions get the win tomorrow. Um, I've been saying it about the Lions all season long. They're, they're a, a good, really, really bad team, meaning they've been competitive all season long outside of one or two games. The Jets have been terrible as well, two and seven on the year, right? Two and eight, but they have been competitive for a lot of the games. And I think they're going to turn it around over the next year or two. They've also had four different quarterbacks. Joe Flacco comes in 291 and two touchdowns. Elijah Moore, this kid finally hit his stride. It, the last three weeks, he's been absolutely on fire. Eight catches, 141 and a touchdown. Mac Hollis has a touchdown in this one. Miles Gaskin, 23 carries, 89 yards, and a receiving touchdown as well. The Dolphins also signed Phillip Lindsay. I wouldn't be excited about that for fantasy necessarily. However, if you have Gaskin, um, look at Phillip Lindsay. He, he has a similar type of back. He would be a true handcuff this time of season. So look at Phillip Lindsay uh, if you have Miles Gaskin there. But, you know, look, the Dolphins get the win, I guess. But, you know, the Jets are playing well ish and they've beat some good teams um this could be an interesting kind of a spoiler down the stretch here we see it every year some bad teams beat good teams down the stretch when they're not paying attention they could knock off some playoff teams down the way yeah they they hit their stride they use their fourth quarterback on the year like you mentioned and now they're <laughs> they're back to their first right uh mike white goes on the covid list flacco's deemed a, a close contact so he's mm -hmm. now uh, in the COVID protocols as well. And uh, Zach Wilson is coming back off the injury. He's expected to be uh, the start of this coming Sunday. And so now we go back to, well, who's, I mean, Elijah Moore, yes, he's hit his stride now, but he's hit it. He has hit his stride with Mike White, with Joe Flacco. Like he's never done it with, with mm -hmm. Zach Wilson. And so as much as I hope Zach Wilson was sitting on the sideline and understanding what was working well in the offense when it was Mike White, when it was Joe Flacco and learning from, you know, what they had success with and, you know, hopefully just filling in and running and picking up right where the Jets have left off. Um, you know, he, we didn't see that early on with, with Zach Wilson. Um, and on top of that, Michael Carter's now out a couple of weeks with an injury. Um, so obviously Ty Johnson and, and Tevin Coleman are going to be the, main backs i personally personally lean towards ty johnson but i think part of that lean is is a gut lean based on how involved he was in the pass offense with these other quarterbacks that were okay dumping it off to the running back which zach wilson just didn't do uh in his limited starts earlier on in the season so interesting to see you know what to do with these jets offense i have a you know obviously Corey davis was my presumed league winner uh in, a, in our episode last week and so the question is with what quarterback is he that mm -hmm. is he that league winner? I, I mentioned that he's had the consistent targets from quarterback to quarterback. Um, he did again this week, uh, obviously has seven targets, which was the same that, that Crowder had. Obviously Moore was, was leading in the target share, but uh, Crowder finds the end zone and has a good fancy day. So Davis kind of gets pushed down here by the touchdowns from Moore and Crowder. But in terms of target share, he's, he's still up there um, and obviously has uh, Wilson back who favored him earlier in the season. Man, if Zach Wilson can can get healthy and just, you know, just try to improve every single game and just kind of, you know, take it to basics and blah, blah, blah. Just try not to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, the Jets, A, I think are going to win a couple of these games down the stretch. 
And B, I think they're going to be a good team in the next two years. I, I really believe in Sela and um, and Lafleur. Obviously, I'm biased at them as Niner guys, but I just think like th- what they're doing, the package, the way the team's built. They have a nice receiving core. They need to get a stud running back to stay healthy. Maybe Michael Carter is that guy long term. But um, you know, shouts out to the Jets. I've also got a childhood buddy who's the uh, assistant kind of get back coach. Uh, right-hand man to, to Sila as well from the 49ers. They brought him over to New York as well. So um, kind of, you know, low-key rooting for the Jets. Let's go Let's go Jets. Also big Gary V fan. All right, last one here before we take a break. I do see a handful of questions. Start sick questions in the comments section. We will get to those in just a couple of minutes. Hang out with us. We're going to do one more game, and then we'll get to your questions here after a quick break. Let's talk about those Lions. I mentioned kind of the, you know, the, the Lions in the NFC, the Jets in the a- a- AFC you know, kind of apples to apples there. Swift, 14 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Leads the NFL in running back targets and receptions. Um, Not Eckler, not Alvin Kamara, um, DeAndre Swift. And uh, he is the one true miss for me this fantasy offseason. I was worried about the groin coming in. Um, I was worried about Jamal Williams, who was fine until he got hurt, too. I was worried about the offense, yada, yada. I basically faded Swift in, like, the fourth round for Allen Robinson, <laughs> Cooper Cup, uh, you know, some of these guys um, a lot and uh, blew it. That's really the the one miss for me this year. But Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 130 yards, and a receiving touchdown. I mentioned Kareem Hunt and Jack Conklin on the offensive line, both eligible to come back. So we'll see how that uh, changes this offense, if at all, hopefully for the better in both accounts there. But the Browns do get the win, 13 to 3, 13 to 10, excuse me. Uh, not pretty. Again, another game the Lions could have won. We'll see if they can get it done tomorrow against the Bears. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I personally don't think that they will, but, you know, uh, I, I do see where you're coming from in that if they're ever going to win a game, it, maybe it is this one. Um, but, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, looking at this game a little bit deeper, uh, the one thing, uh, obviously that jumps off the pages, um, Nick Chubb's back and Dearness Johnson basically doesn't have a role anymore. Um, you know, we saw earlier on in the season where, um, with Hunt, the, the Browns are happy to employ a, a two RB system in their offense, but. Uh, Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb have a you know similar role, and Dearness Johnson is more of a a Chubb replacement rather than a a uh, you know playing alongside of Nick Chubb. Um, but the other thing is that uh, Austin Hooper led the Browns in targets in this game. Uh, obviously, since the departure of OBJ, uh, the question is going to be where do those targets go? Or are they uh, to the tight end? Or are they still all you know split amongst Donovan People Jones, Jarvis Landry? Um, but at least this week, Hooper did lead the Browns in targets. And looking forward rest of season, Browns have pretty good tight end matchups in terms of who they're facing, especially in the playoff weeks um, of your fantasy season. Uh, they have the fourth easiest schedule against tight ends. Now, obviously, uh, Njoku's also there, so kind of splitting the work a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, it is Hooper. So. If you're in desperation of um, a tight end, I mean, Hooper's probably a guy that's on your waivers. Um, and so, A, if you're, you know, the Kelsey owner, obviously going into the bye this week, or if you're looking ahead, you think you have that playoff spot secured and you don't have one of the, the you know, top tight end guys and you've been streaming all season, Hooper could be a good target for your, your uh, playoff run. That's a great call. And there's always somebody sneaky, man. There's always a couple of players – that we don't think about and because they're just not relevant most of the season you'd never pick them up blah 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 they don't have a big uh you know projection on your fantasy platform or whatever and they start blowing up so keep an eye on austin hooper nice deep dive there i like that all right everybody jordan and i are going to take a quick breath we're going to give a shout out to our friends at care factor we'll be right back with more of our week 11 game recaps and we'll get to some of your start sick questions in just a second hey tck potters and fantasy focus community Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. 
So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care of Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mycarefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, Jordan, before we get into the second half of our questions here, we do have a couple here in the in the front here. I want to get into it. We Boston. Go Sox. Start Mike uh start two. Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, T. Higgins, and Marvin Jones in PPR. Yeah, the, the interesting name here is Marvin Jones. What we didn't talk about in the um the Jags game recap was uh Agnew goes down to injury. Um, so Season Hobie ending. out. Yep. So Hobie out. Um, obviously, Dan Arnold had a weird week with no targets. Um, but now the pass catchers uh, in Jacksonville, if you want to be in that situation, are going to be Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold, and, and LaVisca Chenault for the most part. And so <sighs> Marvin Jones should have the opportunity, especially in a PPR league. It's kind of enticing. Um, Mike Williams has, has been up and down throughout the, the year. Um, and obviously Brandon Cooks is coming off of a, a complete stinker, but has a great matchup uh, next week against the Jets. So I think I'd go Cooks and either Jones or Mike Williams. I'm actually going to go with Higgins and Cooks. Uh, T. Higgy, I think, is going to be fine. I think he'll bounce back, and the Steelers um, are not as dangerous uh, versus the pass. We just saw the Chargers rip them much, which we'll talk about later. But, man, DJ Chark, Jamal Agnew, and um, – Obviously, Travis Etienne to start the season for the Jags. Uh, three great playmakers out for the season there, unfortunately. We Boston, hope that helps you out, brother. And Jordan, number two, what up, gentlemen? Half PPR, Flex, Ramondre, Landry, Boyd, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, so again, this is where Ramondre I talked about. I'm not, unless Harris, for whatever reason, misses the game, I'm, I'm not too stoked about starting Ramondre. Same thing with Jeff Wilson. Um, if Mitchell is back and fully healthy, I'm not really interested in starting him. If Wilson has the backfield to himself again, I'd, I'd pick Wilson out of this bunch. Um, but if if both are splitting time, I'm, uh, I guess Landry. Landry had a rushing touchdown. That was random. Um, I'm going to stick with Jeff Wilson here, uh, unless Elijah Mitchell's 100% in the half PPR. All right, Beach has officially entered the chat. What up, Beach? Good evening. Um, we're going to get to one. I know you always have a number of questions, which we appreciate, but we got to get back to the program, so I'm going to do one or two of these here real quick. Uh, Buffalo versus the Saints or Chicago versus the Lions, DST, Jordan? I'm taking Chicago. I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, if we don't know, I mean, whatever. Tre- Trevor Simeon, no pass catchers. Alvin Kamara out. Mark Ingram maybe out. Tony Jones might be the playmaker there outside of Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the uh, Buffalo Bills. I know they just got embarrassed, but I'll take the Bills. Pittman, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, Van Jefferson. Start three, Jordan. Jeez, uh, Allen Evans, Chase. Allen Evans, Chase. Yes, I agree. Do you like Ty Johnson this week? Uh, sure, if you need a running back, um, but I would stay away from him if you possibly can. And uh, we are doing game predictions on a uh, later show this week, buddy. You are in plenty of time. Ortiz, good to have you back, man. What up, fellas? Start Lamb if he plays or Waddle, Judy, or Sutton, full PPR. Um, Starting Lamb if he plays, uh, the matchup is great. And with Amari Cooper missing again uh, due to COVID, uh, you know, he'll by far lead it. I mean, I think he has been leading it, but even without Cooper, he'll lead it even more. Uh, If Lamb is not out, I go with Waddle. Tim Patrick and Sutton got paid this week. I thought that was interesting. Um, Obviously, Judy under that rookie contract still. But, yeah, I'm going to go Lamb, too. Uh, If he plays, if he doesn't, then also Waddle. And I know all you guys know here, but for everybody else listening, make sure you tune in every Sunday morning from 7 to 10 West Coast time and 10 to 1 East Coast time right before kickoff for three hours of start-sit content. All right, let's move on to the rest of our matchups here. We are going down to the Packers and the Vikings. Vikings, 
get the big upset here. The Vikings were really in control of this game for quite a while. And then, you know, they took a couple of series off. Rogers showed up and they made it a game. And then Greg Joseph of all kickers shows up, hits the game winner. And that's awesome because on the Sunday live show, we had somebody ask specifically about Greg Joseph randomly. If we could do it, Bob had his other three kickers, faded Greg Joseph, got the game winner. I just thought that was that was awesome. So the Vikings handle it and, and do business here. Eight catches, 169, and two touchdowns for my man Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook, over 100 total yards in the touchdown. Devontae Adams, seven for 115 and two. MBS, four for 123 and a touchdown. Rodgers, vintage game here. 385 and four touchdowns fantasy points galore nfl points galore this is a fun one yeah absolutely no complaints about this game i didn't play any of these players in fantasy unlike jonathan taylor so i was <laughs> happy to to watch this game in peace and uh no i mean in terms of fantasy i mean this is what you love to see from rogers kirk uh as well uh, i saw a funny tweet actually it was uh Someone said we should make this game more interesting. Loser has to get vaccinated between uh, between Kirk oh and Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, um, I mean, yeah, AJ Dillon looked good in in his starting role. You know, uh, commanding that backfield. Uh, he'll have another week or so at least uh, with Aaron Jones out. So running, uh, rolling him out, starting him with confidence. Um, pretty much starting everyone that you can. Uh, from both offenses with confidence, especially coming off of this week. The one interesting one is MVS, right? Like this is the typical MVS game that we've seen every year where it's like four, four catches. One of them goes for a touchdown. He somehow manages to compile over a hundred yards. Uh, it's quite phenomenal. He'll probably have like three catches for 20 yards next week when everyone <laughs> thinks that they can start them. Um, but I mean, in the right matchup, if Alan Lazard is out and MBS is the two, uh, especially with Aaron Jones out, where they are relying on Dylan, but obviously not with the same confidence level that you would have of Aaron Jones, or if both were healthy, um, and now no no tight end really to speak of, I, I think it's okay to to take your shot at it. AJ Dylan, eleven carries, fifty three yards, not crazy, but you know, efficient day. Mm -hmm. Six catches though. Love to see that, right? Big yep. guy out in space, six catches, 44 yards. Hopefully that keeps up there for A.J. Dillon. All right, Saints and your Eagles. Eagles coming out to play here. Big statement win here for the Eagles. Look, man, you know, nobody razzes their own team like you and I, but the Eagles <laughs> the Eagles are playing good football right now, um, and they're turning a corner. And it looks like, you know, the Cowboys probably have the division locked up already. Uh, but because of that seventh seed, man, like, yeah. some ugly team has to make it. Why not the Eagles or Niners, right? Like, <laughs> let's make it happen. 40 to 29, Eagles get the win over the Saints here. No Alvin Kamara again. Uh, and again, out this week as well. Ingram has a knee injury also. 88 yards last weekend against the Eagles, but he might be out this week as well. Uh, you know, take uh, Traquan Smith, five catches, 54 yards. Jalen Hurts, three rushing touchdowns. Love to see that. And look, man, I've I've railed Miles Sanders for three seasons. You called him out as a you know buy low uh, rest of season winner for you during our um, second half outlook. Sixteen carries, ninety four yards. Mm -hmm. Like to see it, dude. Like to yeah. see it. If he's going to get the work, I might be able to actually buy into this. Like to see it, and he also did fumble in this game, which obviously, uh, A, for the Eagles wasn't too impactful, but for fantasy, you, you take the negative points there. Um, but what was really encouraging to me is uh, I took a deeper look at this, and uh, the reason why Sanders was a buy low was because of the upcoming schedule and that usage that we talked about. He got the usage here with 16 carries, um, but this was basically the hardest matchup that the Eagles had rest of season when I gave those those stats and, and numbers last week. So New Orleans is is second, second best in terms of fancy points allowed to the running back position in a half PPR format. This week against that very uh very good defense from New Orleans, Sanders was the running back 26 in the half PPR format. That includes the fumble. That's without any touchdowns. Jalen Hurts rushes for three. As much as I love the guy, he's not going to do that every week, right? It's the same thing that we saw a couple weeks ago with um, the Eagles running back scored four rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had a bad fantasy week. 
And the talk track there was the Eagles running backs aren't going to score four touchdowns every week. Like Jalen Hurts is going to get his. He gets his this week. Uh, you know, obviously not going to be the same moving forward, but without a touchdown, with a fumble, Miles Sanders is the running back 26, which is flexible, like a fringe RB2 in, in half PPR, didn't have any catches, and was behind guys like DJ Dallas and Ronald Jones, who just happened to fall into the end zone. So you take all this into consideration, look at the schedule coming up for Sanders, and if there's any chance that a buy low window is still open for Sanders, I would encourage you to take it. Um, sky. Boom. I am probably going to hold off maybe another week because I just want to see some consistency, but I, uh, I've been fading Sanders for a long time and I would love to see this happen. Something against the player. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of my classic, things i'm going to make a t-shirt eventually it's not the player it's the situation i say it all the time i like miles sanders a lot i don't like the usage and, and how it goes down there in philly for him okay let's move on here to the texans and the titans man titans wheels have fallen off at least for this week they've had some very impressive wins without derrick henry defenses looked a little bit better julio has basically not been existent this year which is really sad and i just hope for football that one of the best players of our generation for sure isn't just done like this i mean this is just it's ugly and unfortunate um aj brown also coming up gimpy they release adrian peterson bring him in for a couple weeks release him uh which is unfortunate so wheels are kind of falling off here for the titans on the other side texans at least showing a little gusto i like to see that so they get the win here 22 13 four picks for ryan Tannehill, nick westbrook akeen Seven catches, 107. He's the guy probably, I guess, for Tennessee now. And Terod Taylor, two rushing touchdowns as well. Pretty ugly game here. Texans get the win, which obviously doesn't matter for them. If anything, it hurts them as far as draft capital at this point in the season with the Jets and the Lions. But the Titans, man, cannot afford – like the Bills did it with the Jets the other week, right? Like the good teams in good position this time of year cannot afford these overlooked games. This is a bad loss for the Titans. Yeah, bad loss, and they, they've, they've done this all year. Like, they lost to the Jets. Now they lose to the Texans, and I'm, I'm blanking on who their third loss was, but they've beat the Chiefs. They've beat the Bills. Like, this is – it's just a weird season for the Titans so far. Obviously, losing, you know, your top talent will, will potentially do that, but uh, I think it goes past that. I mean, even with the talent that, that the Titans had available in this game, they should have won um, this game against the Texans. I mean, I think everyone was shocked, especially – a you know, as as nine points isn't isn't a terribly blowout, but it is a two score game, which is quite shocking that the Texans would lose by two scores to the Titans. Um, I mean, looking forward to both of these offenses. I mean, I think Brandon Cooks is really the only one that I'm even remotely interested in. I mean, the Texans backfield gets a little bit of clarity with Lindsey now gone, and and it's just I think Rex Burkhead at this point uh, for them. Um, but you don't, you don't feel comfortable starting him. Tyrod Taylor had a, a decent rushing floor, has a good matchup next week. But, I mean, for the most part, it's not a good passing offense um, and one that I don't want a part of unless it's Brandon Cooks that I'm maybe taking the shot on. But, again, this is where we talked about preseason. Tyrod Taylor just doesn't really have that pass floor that most quarterbacks do and just usually isn't being – isn't consistent in being able to support a wide receiver for, on a week to week basis. And that's where you get these duds from, from cooks who goes three for 18 or, or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Similar to Cam Newton, obviously Terod Taylor and Cam Newton are different uh, physically and everything else, but at this point in their careers, not great passers, still pretty athletic can rush here and there. And in for fantasy, they kind of have that buoy uh, for fantasy points. Uh, quickly going over this, lost to Arizona. Tennessee lost to Arizona 38-13 opening day. They then beat the Seahawks, the Colts, lost to the Jets in week four, 27-24, beat the Jags, Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. How about that four weeks? I mean, Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams, all going to make the playoffs most likely, and the Titans ran them out. Got the uh, Saints there in a close win and then lost to the Texans. They got the Patriots coming up this week and then a bye week in week 13. Hopefully they can get it right. All right. Washington football team and the Carolina Panthers. Washington football team gets the dub 27 21 here. 
Cam does start first start back in Carolina since he left the squad. Three total touchdowns, two throwing, one rushing. Christian McCaffrey, 119 total yards and a touchdown. Pretty normal stat line for him. Terry McLaurin, five catches, 103 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson, 19 carries, 95 yards. He does have a fumble in this game, but last two games for Antonio Gibson after about six weeks of very frustrating uh, outputs in fantasy football, 26 carries two weeks ago, 19 last week, getting it done there for Antonio Gibson. No, uh, Antonio Gibson had a similar stat line to Miles Sanders. Dude. It's almost like it's almost identical. I actually think uh, Gibson might have had three more carries, but both with no catches, both all rushing, both fumble. Uh, but it's interesting just to see like that's the narrative shift that we look at a lot of fantasy things through is well, Gibson was frustrating the last six weeks, comes back and has a little bit of a bump up, and we're we're positive he's trending in the right direction where versus sanders who's been out comes back and now the the question is well you know oh he didn't look as great i mean i i'm fine with both of these guys moving forward i think both have pretty good schedules rest of season both are heavily involved in the offense so i'm not worried about either um but just want to to point out there that the differences and similarities between the two running backs if you're if you're not in on sanders it's my last sanders plug at least for today <laughs> I love that. I love that. Shout out to my my friend uh, Kenny Gainwell, who used to play for the Eagles too. <laughs> he he was a lot of fun with preseason hype. <laughs> All right, let's move on here to the Bungles and the Raiders. Uh, Bengals get the win here, thirty two thirteen. Joe Mixon thirty carries, one hundred twenty three yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase scores again, and Darren Waller seven catches, one hundred sixteen yards. He's had about three or four of these Darren Waller games. Uh, not very consistent, but you love to see it. Derek Carr struggling. The Raiders' offense has looked absolutely horrendous since losing Henry Ruggs because they don't have that deep threat. It's not Sean Jackson. Um, it's been tough for them. Brian Edwards just they refused to get him involved, or he's just not doing it. Um, Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs, uh, low efficiency, and uh, Kenyon Drake not used as much as I think he should be. So tough day here for the Raiders, but the Bengals thirty-two thirteen, big win for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Raiders offense is what's really disappointing. I mean, especially because you looked at the first couple weeks this season when they did have rugs and things looked promising. I mean, Waller, obviously, you always trusted. Um, Jacobs was going through his injury thing. But in terms of the running back room production, it was there. Um, and obviously you had rugs was was starting to be fairly consistent, even as a deep threat um, this year. Losing rugs, they try to replace, like you mentioned, the deep threat with Deshaun Jackson, who just I mean, didn't pan out in L.A. It's not really panning out here in, in uh, Las Vegas. I, I hate to say that the, the former legal, I, I think, is done. Unless he wants to come home. If he wants to, if he wants to come home and play for Philly, we, we could use a deep threat as well. I mean, it's, it's him or Quez Watkins, and we all know I love Quez. So, uh, I mean, it's really disappointing to see this Raiders offense have just fallen off. I mean, I tried to stream Derek Carr in this matchup this week, um, but, I mean, they've just been – struggling these last couple weeks i'm fully out on pretty much any raiders offense except for darren waller just because of how thin we are at running back and obviously the, the dude's just great um for the Bengals, it's uh, i mean a touchdown saves chase but like you're not really worried about jamar chase you're not really worried about joe mixon i mean i think pretty much for the Bengals, it's it's an all systems go especially depending on the matchup i agree raiders Opened the season 3-0, lost to the Chargers, lost to the Bears, beat the Broncos and Eagles by week in week eight, have lost three straight Giants, Chiefs, Bengals. Gets even more tough. They got the Cowboys this week, of course, tomorrow. Washington football team, that's winnable. But the Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, and Chargers to end the season. I think the Raiders are in big trouble here, and, of course, they're going to have some coaching changes next season. Yep. Okay, Cardinals, Seahawks. Cardinals get the win here 23-13. No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. They're probably not going to play this week either. And uh, they will go into their bye week and just get healthy together. Makes sense. The Cardinals and Colt McCoy, let's give them credit, man. They they have they have done well. They've won games without Kyler and D-Hop. And they're staying right in playoff contention. They're just fine atop that division. And uh, they have put themselves in a good position, like we do with our fantasy rosters, where like they're like, well, let's just not play that guy this week because like I can afford the loss if I get one, and they just keep winning, which is which is great. Ertz eight catches, eighty eight yards, 
and two touchdowns. Bro, this is like vintage Philly Ertz. Love that. Maybe he just maybe he was, you know, just tired of the atmosphere out there. He was didn't, you know, had too many cheese dogs or you know, chili cheese dogs or something and get the hell out. Rondale Moore, 11 catches, 51 yards. That efficiency literally doesn't even make sense. 11 catches, 51 yards. Tyler Lockett, four catches, 115 yards. That one also doesn't make sense, but your boy Lockett finally shows up. However, out-targeted by DK Metcalf. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much what we've seen almost uh, for a majority of games where they've both played and have been healthy with Russ Wilson. DK typically does out-target Lockett, uh, but Lockett seems to do well on, on less volume. So not too worried in terms of uh, targets there uh, for Lockett, um, especially coming off of what you, you uh, lived through with Geno Smith. You're, you're happy to have <laughs> Russ back and see this production from Lockett. But the interesting thing is, I mean, the Seahawks offense as a whole really hasn't been doing well, especially Russell Wilson since coming back from the injury. I don't know if he's, you know, not a hundred percent. I mean, obviously he's good enough to play, but, a finger injury is a finger injury. That's something that could you can play through with, without being 100% and still have it affect your performance a little bit. Have Washington coming up Monday night here this week. Uh, hopefully, what is a get-right game? The question is, do you have the stomach and the confidence in this offense and Russell Wilson? I mean, I think you're starting DK and, and Lockett if you have them. Lockett might be the one that, you know, depending on where you drafted them, you might have better options or trades. But um you know, do you have the confidence to to roll these guys out there off of you know back to back subpar weeks, uh, despite the good matchup on a on a Monday night? Yeah, I'll fire them up. Washington football team is susceptible, and uh, Russ has got to get right, but he clearly is not yet. That finger is, is obviously bothering him. All right, two more games here to preview. We got the Cowboys and the Chiefs, supposed to be the game of the week, maybe the game of the year, fantasy football. Points galore, bonanza, whatever you want to call it. 19 to 9. Jordan. Chiefs get the dub here, an ugly one. Amari Cooper does not play this game. He will not play tomorrow either. CD Lamb gets a concussion, leaves the game early. He is questionable, trending in a positive direction, but he still has to get a neurologist to uh pass him for tomorrow. So fingers crossed there. Dalton Schultz, eight targets, six catches, 53 yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire returns, 12 carries, 63 yards, a touchdown. Just a really fun, old-school option, Andy Reid goal line play to get his touchdown. But it was good to see him back in there. Darrell Williams um, still, you know, just like four uh, touches, I think, in this game. Kelsey, five catches, 74 yards, rushing touchdown. Um, He easily will go down as the most rushing touchdowns by a tight end in NFL history. I think he's got like six or something ridiculous uh, with all these like wildcat plays and stuff. So um, Cowboys, man, just blow people out or don't show up. And they just didn't show up. Chiefs weren't even the Chiefs in this game, but they get the win. Yeah, this was the opposite of the Packers-Vikings game that we talked about right. earlier. That game, we everyone was stoked to see it, especially from a fantasy perspective. It was entertaining for NFL purposes. And then we watched this game after and it's we're like, what? That's it. There's got there's got to be more. We we just had such high expectations. I mean, Cowboys don't even find in the end zone. Like the what against the Chiefs? Um, but I mean, looking forward, the the Cowboys are just a mess now with Amari out, CD potentially missing. Obviously, you're now going to have Gallup and and Cedric Wilson step into the leading receiving roles if if CD does miss um, against that struggling Las Vegas team in what could be a get right game for for the Cowboys here <clears throat> obviously should be very winnable. Um, so also, you know, if, if Zeke is fully healthy, he had a, what did he tweak his, his ankle or something in this game? Um, so obviously him and uh, look to, to Pollard as well. If, if Zeke is for whatever reason, not a hundred percent and look, might be on a pitch counter, anything like that moving forward, Pollard's a good stash to have her handcuff if you're the Zeke owner. Absolutely, and that, that should have been done weeks ago. Yeah. So if you're late to that bus, you're, you're losing out. I didn't even mention Zeke, uh, but nine carries, 32 yards, and six targets, 36 yards. Tony Pollard had more yardage, seven carries, 50 yards, and just two targets for 20 yards. So more efficient from Tony Pollard on both fronts. All right, let's get to Sunday Night Football, and then we'll get to some of your questions before we get out of here. Chargers and Steelers. Chargers 
41-37, very entertaining game. The Steelers really played very well, had a chance to win this game a couple of different times, put them away. But as we mentioned, top of the show, four touchdowns from Austin Eckler, 115 total yards. My man, Jay Herbie, Justin Herbert getting it done, 382 and three touchdowns, 90 rushing yards. I've been telling people since he went into the draft. Of course, I'm, I'm a duck. I'm, I'm biased, whatever. I watched this kid in high school. I watched him in college. He can run. And I kept telling people in the draft process when it was like Tua over Herbert and blah, 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 all this stuff. I was like, dude, t- tune on the Rose Bowl game against Wisconsin. He won the game on a rushing touchdown. Very athletic. He just doesn't do it because he's 6'6 and can throw all over the yard. Um, but like low-key Josh Allen, in my opinion. I think he's great. Anyway, gets it done there for uh, for the Chargers. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both have big games. 112 yards for Keenan, 97 and a score from Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, seven catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Chase Claypool, five catches, 93 yards, and Najee scores a touchdown as well. Here's another bonanza, man. Everybody in, everybody gets points. Yep, everyone in, everyone gets points. And uh, with the Steelers' offense, it was good to see Big Ben uh, be able to support this level of production. I mean, obviously, as long as he stays healthy and uh, can continue to play rest of season, with Mason Rudolph coming in, I'm, I'm way more skeptical on the other options uh, in the Steelers offense. The one that uh, you didn't mention who we've been talking about for weeks now, uh, Pat, Pat Fryermuth, uh, tight end for the Steelers, scores again as well. Should have had um, two. Should have had two, wish he did have two. Uh, but uh, Penn State guy, uh, in case we haven't mentioned that yet on this, this podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, coaching, I, coaching extension, big things happen for the Nittany Lions. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, um, so I mean, in terms of the Steelers offense, I mean, as long as Ben's under center, I'm actually pretty confident with Deontay, Claypool, Najee, and Pat. Um, same thing with the Chargers. I mean, the this is exactly what you drafted. Uh, I mean, not the four touchdowns from Eckler, but this is what you drafted and expected from the Chargers offense. You know, preseason, this yardage, this efficiency, even against a, a good Steelers defense, it was, it was very promising to see this type of production from that offense. We haven't seen a game yet with the Chargers where everybody's clicked, and this was a game where everybody clicked, and that was that was great to see there. A um, couple tight end catches as well. And, again, Pat Fryermuth did have a touchdown, but he also had one of those Travis Kelsey little little behind-the-center shuttle passes. And, you know, shouts out to the, to the Chargers. They stuffed them on the one-yard line there. Um, but he should have had two touchdowns. Eric Ebron came back in this game too, uh, but I like Patty Fryermuth moving forward. All right, that wraps up our Week 11 game recaps. Those are brought to us by our good friends at the Jersey Jungle. We'll give a shout-out to them, and then we'll end up with a couple of your questions. We'll be right back. Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. You can use a promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball Guys, so I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport. Go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality, stitch and twill, game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Shohei Otani, unanimous MVP. Shout out to my man, pitcher, catcher. Are you a merchandise? Whoa, outfielder, hitter, absolutely incredible. All right. Shouts out to our friends at the Jersey Jungle once again. Make sure you tune in on Sunday mornings. We may have some Jersey giveaways. Stay tuned for that. All right, Jordan, before we get out of here, let's get to some of these questions, and then we will be on our way. 
All right, we got our boy Beach uh, heading in with all these different uh, questions. Appreciate you getting in here on a proportion. Okay, Mark Ingram, here we go. All right, Mark Ingram, Miles Sanders, DJ Moore, or Michael Pittman at the flex. Folks, per usual, please give us your uh, league settings. It helps us tremendously, especially when you're comparing running backs to wide receivers. Jordan, because we don't know that, let's go half PPR. Mark Ingram, Miles Sanders, DJ Moore, Mike. Michael Pittman at flex, assuming Mark Ingram plays. Yeah, so for me, uh, I think it's going to be DJ Moore here. It's PPR, um, full PPR. Full PPR. I still meant it's, it's definitely going to be DJ Moore for me. Uh, has a good matchup against Miami this upcoming week. Panthers offense seems to be more efficient with Cam uh, than with Darnold or uh, whoever else has even thrown a pass for them this year. Um, <laughs> PJ so, Walker. Yeah, for me, it's it's DJ Moore here. I'm going to take uh, DJ Moore as well. Um, if it was half PPR, I think I might look at like a Mark Ingram. But he's also, even if he plays, he's got a like, kind of a knee hiccup there. Um, and I don't, look, Jonathan Taylor just ran all over the Bills. He's Jonathan Taylor. That offensive line's different. The culture, absolutely on fire. The Saints are not. I don't expect, and I expect that the Buffalo Bills to sober up and just be fired up for that game anyway. So, um I will also take DJ Moore, uh, but Michael Pittman's been on fire, but I just can't – I don't know. I'm not not feeling it this week. So let's go DJ Moore on that one. All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. That is our Week 11 game recaps brought to you by the Jersey Jungle. Shouts out to our sponsor, Cara Factor, as well. And, of course, all episodes of the CCK Pod have been brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. Anywhere you listen to podcasts of any kind, you can find our podcast. If you miss a live show up here on the Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube channel for Fantasy Focused, you can just download our podcast and get every single episode in podcast form the very next morning so you don't lose out on anything there. So download the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Leave us a rate and review. We much appreciate it. Also, Bet Online AG. You can go to betonline.ag for your desktop or laptop. You can also go to the app as well for all of your sports betting needs, and they will help you out there with all the best sports betting experts in the game. All sports, get after it. My man Jordan, it's going to be a great day for tomorrow. Uh, you're from back east, man, but you're living west coast. I'm from California. I live in Oregon. Uh, any travel plans, man? Anything going on this year for uh, food day? Nope, no plans. Typically, uh, my family, my parents are still back in, in Philadelphia. My sister's in Houston. So we're all pretty over. all over the place. And with Christmas coming up, too, it's uh, we're saving all the travel for Christmas. So there you go. I'll go back home east on Christmas. Then we'll we'll fly down to Houston for actual Christmas Day. Um, so I'll meet my sister there. But how about yourself? I am staying home as well. Uh, we're going to have uh, have dinner with uh, the Mrs. Mom. All my families in California had that wedding last week. I saw everybody then. So we did an early Thanksgiving there. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I work uh, Black Friday. So we're just hanging home, watching a little football, and uh, we're going to enjoy that. Before we get out of here, man, um, this will be our hot topic brought to Bomb Banana, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, which you should have on any of your Thanksgiving dishes, bomb banana hot sauce, banana based, not banana flavored hot sauce or hot topic for the day to end the show. Jordan food or beverage top three must haves during a Thanksgiving meal for you. All right. The first one's real simple because I'm a, I'm a big meat guy. I, I know the Tom's Tom's a big plant-based I'm the opposite. So the Turkey is, is the staple. Don't, don't, don't substitute the ham. Get the turkey. That's what the it's turkey day. Uh, that's we draw turkeys. Kids draw turkeys. It's it's turkey. Don't substitute a ham. So turkey's one it's like around the around yeah the exactly exactly. <laughs> uh, that's number one for me. Number two is uh, is going to be mashed potatoes. You got to balance out the proteins with the carbs. Um, and then the third is going to be, uh, my mom used to make a, a green bean casserole with the with the French's onion, fried onions. Oh, on yeah, 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 of course, of course, yeah, course. of course. So uh, it's got to be the way my mom made it. I don't know how she makes it differently, but I'm telling you, it's it's different than the way I've ever – I've had it anywhere else. Maybe this year I'll ask her for the recipe since I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. Love it. All right, I'm going to give you a free gravy of your choice as well with the potatoes. It's just an – it's a bonus, <laughs> bonus add on there. All right, um, I am going to go with uh, 
I like sweet potatoes personally. I'm a, I'm a yam sweet potato guy. So I'll mm-hmm. substitute the sweet potatoes in for the mashed potatoes. Yeah. And instead of gravy, I'm going to take homemade cranberry uh, mm-hmm. spread. Not not like the canned shit. Yep. Like mm-hmm. homemade tart. Like, yo, my lady makes some bomb cranberry spread. It's absolutely unbelievable. And then I'm going to skip right to the finish line, dude. Mom's apple pie. I mean, I, I could literally eat an entire apple pie to the dome. I, I go all the way to the finish line, and I'm, I got to I got to end the night on a, on an apple pie or two. I was wondering if you're an apple pie or a pumpkin oh. pumpkin pie type of guy. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. I've I've been known <laughs> I've been known to put down half a pumpkin pie as well. But <laughs> but for me, apple pie is one hundred and one. Right, like that's that's like no matter the format of my dinner and my meal, I'm going apple pie at the end. But if something happens to the apple pie, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to audible last minute to a pumpkin <laughs> pie. Not a problem. Wishing everybody safe travels. If you're out there, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We are appreciative and thankful to everybody who's been with us since 2018, 500 plus episodes, the entire crew here at TCK and fantasy focused. We want to wish you a safe day. Enjoy the three games of football as ugly as they may be. And we will be back with you for the rest of this week and we will trot on be good to yourself be good to each other enjoy the time with family even if it's frustrating you never know when that will be behind you so enjoy yourself be safe eat well sleep well and we'll catch you next time on the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast from my man jordan della valley i'm your host sky guasco and we are out of here Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.